Now, church, we're going to do something a little bit different today. Now, I know you've, um, uh, this is not a therapy session. I just have to let people know before we go any further. This is kind of just a little bit of an interview. Um, I'm going to give you a microphone here as well. So there we go. But as, as like leading into the new year and also leading into um, a focus on discipleship and where God is leading our church and doing things, I thought it'd be really great to um, have some conversation with some people from the church. So... Marindale, thank you very much for joining us on the couch today. <laughs> Just to start off with, now I don't know whether everybody knows um, these two people here and I don't know whether you know everybody there. So this is going to be one way. Do you want to just kind of introduce yourselves um, to the rest of the church for people who may not know you? Um, so I'm Amanda and this is Dale. Um, we have three kids, Callie, Alina and Sierra. Um, Callie is going into year six, Aline is going into four, and Sierra is about to start school, which is really exciting. Um, we're both teachers, so I teach up at Covenant Christian School, and I um, coordinate all the extension and enrichment there, and I'll let Dale tell you what he does. Um, and I am the Head of Performing Arts for Curricula at Oxford Falls Grammar School. Um, so working with the high school students, but also working very much with the uh, music, drama, and dance teachers. Oh, fantastic. Cool. Now, um, thinking about like last year, and I know Lou just led in a, a wonderful little prayer about how last year might have been good for some people, tough for other people. Do you just want to tell us where, what God had been doing in your life last year or the year before? Yeah, um, I think it's um, something which we've been mindful with in terms of um, how we can um, show God's word and connect with God's word. So part of that for me has been being mindful of sort of how um, we can serve. We've got we've served in churches for um, a long time, yep. and particularly the last sort of couple of years. Particularly coming out of COVID, it was nice to be at an age and stage of life where we can offer a bit more of ourselves. And whether that's standing in front of the church with a puppet or um, getting decked yep. out in green to be a Grinch at Christmas services, yep. um, or and even... Th th thank you very much for that, by the way. <laughs> that's right. Um, so I, I believe you were sort of oh, reserved. So, so, so save me was, from doing that, so yeah, that was really yeah, good. Right. So, yeah. so, um, but even um, little things, just whatever God's capable of sort of um, giving you in terms of time and talents and treasure, um, and whether that's service leading or... And, and the message was the call out for the rosters, I can wholeheartedly... Um, encourage people to, to get involved in the church and just do little things, whether it is welcoming, being a smiling face when you come in. Um, another thing I think for me is um, just the way um, re I respond to challenges in my own life. And mm -hmm. I think that that's been in the last couple of years, um, whether that's a mindful thing or not, just sort of having that grace and, um, and, and that attitude of the way that you respond to, to challenges being something which people can see in you and go, oh, well, wow, that's a different way that you've responded to that um, and whether that's from your faith or – and that's something they might not know straight away, but over time it might be that repeated thing where they see and go, oh, wow, that's, that, this is, there's something different there yeah. and, and what is that? Um, cool. Um, I think for me last year, one of the things that God really showed me was that he cares about the small things, that it's mm. not just the big moments in our life that God is in, it's the, the small moments. Um, one of the, the ways he showed me that was I was really blessed to be able to go over to America for work with some students and some parents and um, the number of things that God just was you could just see his hand um, in over these tiny little details that 
absolutely floored us every single time. You know, even pa these parents who have loved God their whole life, just being speechless at the way he had looked after us and provided for us was just amazing. Um, and I think the other big thing for me last year was seeing the joy in God's word um, in a new light. Um, so my our youngest daughter, Sierra, went to preschool with me up at Covenant and, um, you know, it's a, an amazing place for, for learning about God. It's such a, a Christ-centred, beautiful place to work. And she would come home nearly every day with this just awe and excitement about what she'd learned about God. And, you know, it's the stories that we as adults have heard maybe, you know, a hundred times. And seeing that in a, a new light because of her excitement was just mm. really wonderful. That, and fantastic that the, the, the faith just blossoming from there and it, yeah. it's so great that that as you look back on the year that's just been that God has been involved in there and you can look back and look at those moments and how how great God has been in that thing just, just thinking there that God is always present and and guiding and leading and being part of your life do you have any idea where God might be leading you in this year to come so my um my word, I guess, you know, some people have a word of the year. And for me, um, and I do feel like it was a God word this year, was intention. Um, so okay. for me, I'm looking at that word in a few different ways. Um, but being having more intention in what I'm doing in terms of reading my Bible yep. and praying, um, because sometimes in the busyness, you just quickly tick it off. And I'm trying really hard to actually sit in God's presence more. Mm. And I guess as well, just intention in terms of how we're using our time, but also when we're using our time, um, making that really intentional. So with our family, yep. um, you know, you start a new year and you, you start off hopefully where yep. you want to finish. Um, but things like how we're going to read the Bible with our girls and pray with them and, and just actually, yeah, reflecting on how to best use that. So I don't know exactly what intention will mean fully, but that's... It'll, it'll be played out over the year and made real, yes. And I think one of the real benefits of seeing sort of God working in one of these little ways is even in coming, knowing that we were sort of going to be coming up and talking today, it meant that we had that moment to pause and reflect on and thinking ourselves, which is something that we wouldn't have done otherwise, yep. of going, oh, well, how has it been for you in the last year? What do you see happening? Um, so I think that was a real positive thing for us to be able to have that mindful, intentional look as the church is doing now, but even in our own lives to go, okay, well, what are our thoughts, priorities? Where are we thinking? Where are we moving over the next year? Mm. Um, and, and how that is. So I think that was a real benefit there. I mean, otherwise it is like, I mean, you look over the last couple of years and, and if in January you sort of said, I know where this is going this year. Um, it's totally going to be fine. I've got plans for this. I, I think largely it is just being ready to respond to whatever mm. God throws you away. And that sometimes it's overwhelming, um, but God kind of gives you what you need, not what you, you want sometimes. So it's just, I guess, trying to be able to be mindful and, and present and responding to that. Fantastic. And it's, it's, it's part of those just getting yourself into that space, like that whole being intentional uh, within your Bible study, within your prayer life, and all those things that allow the Word of God just to open up and blossom for you. So, fantastic. Thank you, Amanda and Dale. Um, Thank you. you want to put their hands together? But before, as, as we do that, can we just pray for you? Okay. Oh, gracious, loving God, we just give you thanks for Amanda and Dale and just um, for their family. 
Lord, we just pray that um, in this year to come, that, uh, that you continue to guide and lead them, that uh, there is a sense, sense of being uh, intentional in all that they do, um, that you guide and lead them in their, their work life, in their family life, in their interactions with their children, um, in their interactions with their family, their friends, their neighbours, the people that they meet. Lord, may intention be a part, a significant part of their life this year. Lord, we just pray your presence upon them. We pray your blessing upon them. And we just pray your love upon them. We pray this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Thank you very much. Well, let's just have a quick prayer, church. Gracious God, we just give you thanks for your word. May it dwell deep within our hearts. May it guide us and lead us and be a a, a path before us. Lord, we just pray this in your holy name. Amen. Now, this year it's been a new year and one of the things that um, at least I'm going to focus on um, and I'm sure the rest of the church is going to focus on is that we're going to be looking at discipleship. I mean, looking at how we build this this notion of discipleship within our own lives, within the life of the church. Um, but basically, for us, it, 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 and, and what I've really valued out of just um, that, that quick interview with Amanda and Dale was that, that God is present and working in people's lives, each and every one of our lives. And that is part of our discipleship of how do we follow Jesus? So over the year, what we're going to be doing is, is, is having a bit of a closer look um, through the Gospels about what discipleship is, how it happens, uh, what are some of the steps that um, Jesus used to, to lead people to, to come and follow him. Um, and so we've, we've just had a reading from John chapter 1, uh, one of the versions of the call for discipleship. And I just want to share you again just that first section. So we're going to put it up on the screen. Um, if you've got your Bibles, pull it out, John chapter 1, and it's from verse 35 to 49. So it's only just that um, you know, first short section. Um, but before we do that, I want you to kind of understand why discipleship is such an important thing. Why it is actually the key for the church to go and do things. And it actually comes from, it comes from Matthew's gospel. And we often call it the Great Commission. And it says this, Jesus commissioned the disciples with this. Jesus came and told his disciples, those ones who are following, I have been given all, all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and do what? Make disciples of all the nations. Some translations do all of the peoples. So there's the commission to do what? To go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you. And be sure of this, that God, he himself, I'm going to be with you even to the very end of the age. God's going to be with you. So, so this, this is a huge challenge for us in Australia when we think about it, and also in, in our Western culture churches, that, that this challenge this commission is to actually go out not to come to yourself and go discipleship is about my journey 
about this individual, as long as everything suits me happily kind of face of consumer Christianity. It's not about that. It's about actually following and knowing who Jesus is and starting to live that out and inviting other people to share in that. The Great Commission was to go out and make disciples, not to come in and absorb. So there's a, there's a little bit of a challenge for us in, in this. And so as we look at John chapter 1, verses 35 to 49, um, all of this, we're just, going to, we're just going to use the very first section from 35 to 39. Just this first section, and we're going to delve into it. And next week, I'm just going to, we're going to stick on the same passage. And we're going to push into it a little bit further. So here it is. The following day, John was again standing with his two disciples. So this is John the Baptist. He's got his disciples. And as Jesus walked by, John looked at him and declared, Lord, I mean, look, this is the Lamb of God. When John's two disciples heard this, they followed Jesus. Jesus looked at them and saw them following. And what do you want? He asked them. I love the way he puts it. What do you want? Um, And they replied, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? Come and see, he said. And it was about four o'clock in the afternoon when they went with him to the place where he was staying and they remained with the rest of the day. So just that little section. That little section opens up so much for us about what it means to be called as a disciple, about discipleship, at that very first stage, understanding of discipleship and what Jesus did and what various people did. I'm going to, the first point for us to actually understand and take on board is about the two disciples, two of John's disciples. Um, and here's the thing. So often when we think about spreading the good news of Jesus Christ, we often think we have to go and find the person that is so anti-God and convert them. And the problem is that when you're trying to convert somebody that is so far away, you, are, you, you can spend a lot of time trying to help them see this. But what happens here? These two disciples were already seeking and looking for where God is in their life. They're already keen. They're looking in. They're being a part of John's group of disciples, of followers, of people he was teaching. And, and, and John the Baptist was all about repenting of your sins and turning back to God. Repent. You've gone astray. Repent. Come back. And so they were already leaning in and wanting to know more about God. and about. So the, th- the first key is, if you want to draw somebody to become a follower of Jesus Christ, look for somebody that's already got their spiritual antennas up. They're already seeking and listening and looking for where God might be working in their lives. or So there's something happening that they want to step into. It's being willing to understand that, that this, these two disciples were already down a path of seeking God. And so they are there looking for God. So they're open. They're, their hearts are open. Their minds are open. They're looking for what God is. The second point I want you to kind of understand is that John the Baptist didn't point towards himself as being the way. He pointed towards Jesus. And this is something that's really important for us to kind of understand, and especially us who might be out the front. It's not about me. It's not about what I do. It's not about how good I might be or the latest program that you have or anything like that. It's about God. It's about what Jesus has done. We are here to point not to ourselves, 
but to God. As a church, we might be going, we do amazing things. We want to do, you know, what we want to do is in the music great, as in this wonderful, the kids' ministry, but not point towards us, but have us as a way of pointing towards God. All that we do points towards Christ as our way and our Savior. See, first two things, straight off the bat, straight off this little bit, open hearts, seeking, wanting to know, but pointing, always pointing towards, towards Jesus. And then, then think about this. What, what did John say? He, he basically said, look, there's the Lamb of God and pointed to Jesus. Pretty simple. Would you go, oh, I'm going to stop following this person and suddenly go over and follow somebody else because they said, there's the Lamb of God? Well, you kind of got to understand what the, the depth of that. The Lamb of God. And so when we think about this, often, you know, what kind of image do you get when you see the Lamb of God? Sunday roast? You know, cute little fluffy white um, animal running around going, bah, you know, that kind of thing. But, you know, that's not kind of, the, it's not the, the association with the animal as such. It's not the association that when we think about the Lamb of God and that, that phrase, we often think around pure and innocent, those kind of things. But rather, it's actually about hearing um, what the Old Testament actually talks about. And we're going to put the verse up for you on the screen. It's going to be Leviticus chapter 4, verse 35, the second verse of that. And this is talking around in the sacrificial system that they, they understood about and God's atonement and, and restoration happening in here. And this little, this little passage here is talking about the sacrifice of a, of a, of a lamb for the forgiveness of sins. So you'd come and you'd sacrifice a lamb for the forgiveness of a pure white young lamb for that. And it says, through this process, so the, through the process of sacrificing the lamb, the priest will purify the people from their sins. So taking the sins away, making them right with the Lord, and they will be forgiven. This is super powerful when you're thinking about this. Here, they, these two disciples have already got their, their minds and, and brains and hearts thinking about what God might be doing in their life. And I want them to know more. They're, they're leaning in, they're seeking there. John doesn't point to himself, but points to Jesus and then says, see, this is the Lamb of God. This is what I've been talking to you about, repenting and turning towards back towards God. This is the Lamb of God. They're hearing all of this, they're understanding all of this, the sacrificial system, and they're going, here's the one that will forgive our sins. Here's the one that will purify us. I want to follow him. Jesus is the one that will purify the people. It's, it's, it's a huge call. And so what the disciples do is they leave John the Baptist and they actually start following. You know, pretty fickle when you think about it, but they're, they're seeking God. And they start following Jesus. And what do they do? They walk along with Jesus and staying with him and, and, and learning from him. Now, now, if we think about the exchange between Jesus and the two disciples um, who started to follow him, we might think it's a bit odd, don't you? And maybe a little bit harsh, you know. Here, here there's two disciples who have been with John and then go, hang on, 
I'm going to follow you. And Jesus is walking down the road and suddenly they get off and they start wandering and walking behind. And Jesus turns around and goes, what do you want? Why are you following me? You know, basically he's just going, what do you want here? Well, those disciples, they were seeking. They were wanting to find the person that would save them. They wanted more information. And, and so they physically followed him. And, and you know, a, a disciple is somebody that actually follows the ways, the words and the works of a person that is Jesus. So a disciple is somebody who understands what who Jesus is. It's not just a... Um, it's not just an education process. It's not just a thought process that happens in your head. It's, it's not about learning about who Jesus is. A disciple is not somebody who just learns about Jesus. Anybody can learn about Jesus. A disciple is somebody that follows Jesus and actually understands who he was, the patterns and behaviors that he used to, to help people, and the words that he spoke. So that's the kind of intellectual parts. But it's about the change. It's about that physical. Leaving behind what was following John the Baptist. Leaving behind and actually physically walking and following Jesus. And what do they say? What do the disciples say? They, they say, they say, Rabbi, they, they, they go, you're a teacher. I actually want to know where you're staying. So they want to be stalkers. Not only do they want to be followers, but they want to be stalkers. No, that's not it. They actually, the, the, the reality is, in order to learn from a rabbi, in order to learn from a teacher, what you would do is you would sit with them and they would teach you. And, so, and that would happen at the place they would stay at night. They would go and do their bits and pieces and interact with people during the day, but late in the afternoon and into the evening, they would sit and they would spend time teaching. And so they were following and going, we actually want to know where you were going to stay so we can listen, so that we can learn, so that we can start to follow and understand who you are and what God is doing here. And so they ask, where are you staying? And he says, what does Jesus do? His big call in all of discipleship, come and follow me. So he says, come and see. Come and see where I'm staying. Come and see and be a part of this. And you know what happens? They come and they stay, not just only a little while, but they stay all night. And then as the passage goes on, it continues to draw in and draw more people in because of just who Jesus is and the message of salvation he gives. So it's a deep passage. And you can see as we start to explore and open this up, it's going to open up more and more about what it means to, to lead other people to Jesus Christ, what it means for us to be disciples and actually follow and really want to seek God in your life and seek where God might be leading you in this year. You know, if, if we want to know where God is leading us in the year, we have to be willing to follow. We can't be in front. We actually have to follow if you want to be led by God. So we've got to know what, what are God's plans, what are God's promises, what is God's direction. We actually need to seek that for our lives and for us as a church as well. So this is the thing. So the question I want to leave you with today, so we're just going to have a little bit of a shorter session as we do these um, interviews as well. 
So the question I want to ask you is this. Are you willing to truly follow Jesus Christ in your life? Are you willing to ask, can I follow you? Where are you going to lead me, Lord? Maybe it might be today that you are thinking that maybe I've done some wrong in my life. Maybe I need that purification that the Lamb of God can provide. Maybe I need restoration back to God. If that's you, just pray with me right now. Oh Lord God, we, we, we give you thanks that you are continually call people to be your disciples, to follow you. Lord, today we just ask that you, you invite us again to follow you to understand from you, to learn your ways, to learn what you've done, to learn your words, so that we may share that with those around us. Lord, we know that we've always fallen short of your great measure in our life. So Lord, we ask today that you forgive all of the sins that are in our life through Jesus Christ. We know that he's... He's already forgiven us. He's already put that in front of us. But Lord, help us to accept that and help that be real for us today. Lord, we declare that you, you are the one that we want to follow. You're our Lord. You're our Savior. You're our guide. Lord, we just pray this in your holy name. Amen.